Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, I'm going to share a word with you this morning from the Bible. Are you ready for the Bible this morning? All right, I want to I want to share a message with you called Every Nation. And I'm going to read to you out of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, and then we're going to pray. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Would you say all nations with me? All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray. Father, we love you today, and God, we thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity to come and to worship you today, and we just say, Lord, let our hearts be open to hear from you, Lord God. Hear a word from you. God, I just thank you for your ability to speak to every one of us, no matter what season of life we're in, no matter how our past week is going, no matter what's coming up this coming week, you have a way to speak into every person's life. And Lord, our ears are open to hear from you. Lord, I pray for the empowerment, God, the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what's in your word today. We love you and we honor you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. So last week, we talked about the realm of the supernatural. We talked about how uh, the supernatural is available to believers through the power of the Holy Spirit who is within us. And we had a wonderful testimony that came, I think, just the day after praying for some folks up here um, in the front and, and praying for people who were online. We prayed for someone, and uh, they texted us the next day, and they said, God brought a specific and measurable change to a very ongoing and difficult situation. And that's exactly how we had prayed. We had prayed that God let there be a specific and significant change, and we give God all the glory and all the honor. We just thank Him that He's a God who answers prayer. Amen? Amen. So for last week's message, we were in Acts chapter 9, and we were tracking Peter's movements as he traveled to visit believers. And first he was in, I called it all week last week, Lydia, and it's Lydda or Lydda, and so uh, I, yeah, so anyhow, I called it Lydia all this. I feel like I should just keep consistent and call it Lydia. Anyhow, he was in that town first, and then the believers in Joppa asked Peter to come and visit him, and he did. And in Acts chapter 10 is where we're going to head today, and we're going to see a request for Peter to visit from another city called Caesarea. And, but this request is going to be um, very different, not nearly as straightforward an invitation as Joppa was, and it's certainly going to be way more dramatic. So let me tell you a little bit about Caesarea first. Chuck, will you turn me down just a little bit? Um, Caesarea is the seaport city on the Mediterranean. Um, Joppa was actually right on the Mediterranean as well. If you're thinking of Israel and the Mediterranean right here, Joppa's here in about 40 miles north is Caesarea. And um, it was in Israel, um, but Jews didn't typically like living in this city uh, because it was very Romanized. As a matter of fact, it had a temple dedicated to Caesar, um, and there were more non-Jewish people, which we, the Bible calls Gentile. Anytime you see the word Gentile, it just means not a Jewish person, um, living in um, in, the, in that city that was Jewish. And it was like the center of administration for all of Palestine for Rome, which meant it was kind of like a, 
like a state capital, if you will. And if you can imagine, like it didn't feel very Israel to Israelites, if that makes sense, right? And so we're going to pick up this story in Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Remember, the setup is Peter has just visited Lydda, he has just visited Joppa, and now he's going to receive a request from Caesarea. And we're going to read a good portion of the Bible. Is that okay in church today? We could read 23 verses in a row in church. Wouldn't that be amazing? Okay, now, what I love, though, is you can just kind of turn on your movie mind and let the movie play as you hear these words because it's a really good way of describing what's happening. Okay, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion that was known in the Italian regiment. He and his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God come to him and say, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants, a devout soldier uh, who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went on the roof to pray. He became very hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open up and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And then the voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now you gotta, gotta catch this. He's hungry and he's having a dream about food. You catch that? Right? But it's food that by the Old Testament law he wasn't supposed to eat. So he's gonna have an odd, what, what would seem like an odd response. Surely not, Lord Peter replied. I have never eaten anything unpure or unclean. He feels like he's being tempted in the dream, right? The voice came to him a second time do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back up into heaven. And while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped by the gate. They called out, asking for Simon, who was known as Peter, who was staying there. While Peter was thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Go, so get up and go downstairs. Do not Hesitate. Would you say the word hesitate? Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask for you to come to his house and so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house as his guests. So y'all are catching this story, right? 
what's happening, right? Cornelius is, is up in Caesarea, and an angel revisits him and says, listen, I want you to go get this guy named Peter. His name was Simon, it's Peter. He's at Simon the Tanner's house by the sea in Jabba. Y'all, that is some specific directions, is it not? He says, I want you to go and I want you to get that guy and bring him up here. So he sends a group of folks to go get him. Peter is down there. An invitation is coming. Now remember, he had just got two other, some other invitations. He was in Lydda. He was in Joppa. Now an invitation is coming from Caesarea. And to set up this invitation, Peter is on top of the house, falls into the trance and has this vision wondering about the vision, and then the Holy Spirit says, listen, these guys are coming. I want you to, I want you to go with them. Don't hesitate to go with them. It, it's fascinating me, to me when I compare the invitation that he got to get to Joppa where he was in Acts 9 versus the invitation to Caesarea. And they're back-to-back in Scripture, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 9, Tabitha was, um, had died. And they sent two men to urge Peter to come from Lydda over to Joppa. And it totally makes sense, right? And, and there was this urgency, and Peter went with them. And I was kind of curious, and so I was doing a little mapping to find out how far apart they were. And, um, and Lydda, or Lydda, is, is kind of in the middle, if you will. And you go to the coast. You know, when you're talking to people, you always have to do the opposite, right? And so that's, you're always going, okay, so what... Not west, west, okay. So they goes to the coast to Joppa, right? They, all they did was urge him to come, that Tabitha had, come, had died. And so he goes there. But here in Acts chapter 10, it's just so different. There's this, this dramatic motion picture going on, if you will, where, where Cornelius is, in, is visited by an angel with very specific instruction. Cornelius sends these men. Then meanwhile, Peter's falling into a trance. He's having this vision that's telling him to do something that he's grown up not doing. Y'all follow that? He grew up not doing it, and the vision from God is telling him, things are different, you need to do this thing, right? And so, meanwhile, um, the men arrive, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him. I don't know about y'all, but if you have a trance and a vision, and then the Holy Spirit says, go to Walmart, what are you going to do that day? you're going to go to Walmart, right? I mean, like, like you are headed that way. But y'all, that is very different than what happened to get Peter to Joppa. Why the hubbub? Why, why the drama? Just to get Cornelius and Peter in a room together. Well, what's great is when Scripture answers itself and explains why, why it takes so much to get them together. In Acts chapter 10, verse 27, it says, while talking with him, now Peter has arrived there, now he's there with Cornelius. Peter went inside, found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anything impure or unclean So when I was sent for, I came without raising objection. May I ask why you have sent me, sent for me? (laughs) I think that part is so funny. But this isn't part of our message, but but basically Cornelius is going to be like, preach, man. 
Like, come, like, we want to hear what you have to say. Like, preach to us. He starts preaching Jesus to them and telling them about Jesus. And the people in the room get filled with the Holy Ghost. They said they saw in the room people were speaking in tongues and, you know, talking in tongues. And Peter was like, what is going on with this meeting? And he says, well, by golly, if they're receiving the Holy Ghost like this, we better go and baptize them in water. Like, that's how the meeting goes on from that. I mean, it's like God was like totally like, I'm going to take charge here. Here, Peter, because apparently you're not getting here, right? Just an amazing, amazing story. Now, let's go back to this. Peter makes this statement. You know that it's against our law to associate or to be with or to eat with a Gentile. Remember, Gentile means non-Jewish person, right? Now, first of all, he's not talking, when he says our law, he's not actually talking about the law that's in the Bible in the Old Testament, Okay, because in the Old Testament scripture, there was rules about not marrying people from other countries. But that rule had everything, and it's really important that we understand this, it had everything to do with not marrying people with other gods. Because every time they would marry someone with another god, they would bring other gods into their lives, and our god, Jehovah, was not, no longer their god. You follow me? Like, that was the heart of it, that was the spirit of it, that, that was the purpose of it. But what had happened is, it, by the time in Jesus' day and the, the day of the apostles, um, they took the Old Testament law that they had been uh, living under, and they added a whole bunch of rules. Does that make sense? It was like, let's keep, let, we can do better. <laughs> right? And they had added stuff. And this idea of not associating with Gentiles or with non-Jewish people was not keeping in the spirit of what God, his intention was, his purpose, who he was going to reach or any of that. But they had lived this way. Peter had grown up this way. Remember a few weeks ago, we saw uh, Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. One of the reasons why they had such a problem with it is this, this whole kind of concept of, of who they were ethnically and all that kind of stuff. Like there's all this, this. And Jesus made it really clear, even in his own, his own ministry. Like when, he, the, when a, a centurion came to him and was asking him for a healing and Jesus interacted with him and sent the word of healing. When Jesus interacted with a Samaritan woman, Jesus was already breaking those extra laws. Y'all follow me today? Okay. So the fact is, is that without all the drama, Peter was super unlikely to go and visit Cornelius. If simply just Cornelius saying, hey, I heard about Peter, let's go see if Peter will come and visit the house, it was a probably not for all of those reasons, right? It took all of that. And it makes me wonder about what are the assignments that make us uncomfortable? Y'all are like, man, I was enjoying the story, Pastor. You had to go there. Why you got to apply the word? All right, so what assignments like, do we resist? You know, in some ways, I feel like as a church family, um, we do really well in some areas with this, and I'm really so thankful. You know, I think about um, our Harvest Food Pantry and not just um, what we do in the Harvest Food Pantry, but the spirit in which we do it. We don't, we, we're not, there's not an intimidation or a weirdness. As a matter of fact, when we built our Harvest Food Pantry probably 15 years ago, maybe 16 years ago, one of the, uh, the, the capstone or, or, or key pieces to that was we want to treat people with 
honor, dignity, and respect. This isn't a hand down. This is an encouragement. And we're offering food and blessing our neighbors, but we're also offering prayer and encouragement and that kind of thing. Like there is not this leveling of, well, you know what we do to help. No, no, no. That's not the spirit with which we serve people. I think, you know, our living free recovery group, uh, our, our intercessory team before church prayed for them. We prayed for them once a month, and I was telling Chuck, hey, man, we prayed for you and Dawn and the whole team working in our 12-step recovery program on Tuesday nights. And I love that, again, there's no intimidation. There's no weirdness. And again, everybody is treated with respect. And, and we're proud to say, hey, I'm, I'm in the, the living free group. Like, there isn't this um, weirdness about it because we are all people that God is saving. Amen? Amen. We need a Savior. And we're, we're not trying to, uh, we're not isolating the, the message, remember that scripture I first said, it said go. It didn't say stay. It didn't say batten down the hatches. It said go. And so we're going to the places where there is pain and going to the places where, where our neighbors need help. But the, we're going with the word that Jesus is our hero and the one who saves us. Amen? So with Peter, there's several things going on in him that made the invitation a difficult one in the natural. One was the ethnicity thing, right? Um, he's being asked to go to a centurion's house who's a Gentile. So he's a Gentile, I meaning he's not Jewish. He's going, remember, to a town that, you know, you really, if you're an oppressed people and if you've been taken over by the Roman government, going to the state capital that has mostly people who are not like you, it's not like the trip they want to take. Right? It's not like, ooh, ooh, let's go to, let's go to Caesarea. They, they naturally resisted that kind of thing. And, you know, the centurion is part of what would be considered that, like that Roman power structure, right? He's probably got about 100 Roman soldiers under them. Um, they were known as being abusive people and cruel people, that kind of thing. And so, but it's interesting to me that in the midst of Peter's conversation, this is what he says in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, then Peter began to speak, and this is like the revelation in the scripture. He says, Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. I wish I could do some justice as, a, as, a, as speaking to you this morning of how epic in Scripture, that little statement is right there. Because in Matthew, before Jesus goes, he says, go into all nations, right? But here, basically, is when Peter gets it. Oh, like everyone. Like, like it, it like begins to really seep in. Now, the funny thing with Peter is he's going to struggle with this some. And I appreciate this about Scripture, about how Scripture will tell us the great things about our heroes and the bad things about our heroes. Isn't that interesting? Later on, Paul would rebuke Peter for not eating with the non-Jewish people. Hey, why, why is it you're always picking the table with the Jewish people? Like, hey, you need to reach out and like at fellowship meal, you need to have, you know, hang out with someone else is basically what Paul is saying to Peter, right? And that kind of interaction, but he's on this journey of like getting it and understanding it. All nations means all nations. So coming back to just like in our own lives, I want, I, I want to ask myself, I say, Lord, what, what assignments do I resist? Where are the places that are outside of my comfort zone? 
And I think that's a great way to describe it, right? Because we all have comfort zones, right? We all have like places that we feel more comfortable. And a lot of times that has to do with familiarity. And a lot of times that has to do with understanding. You remember when you went to your job for the very first time, you weren't in your comfort zone day one, right? But now you probably roll up into your job like, hey, you know, like you are so comfortable being in that building, right? Comfort zones are developed, if you will, by going there, right? By going to places that you would naturally feel uncomfortable. And I know for me, my personal goal is like, God, I, I don't want you to have to work so hard to get me somewhere. Do y'all hear that today? God, I don't want you to have to work so hard to get me somewhere. To go somewhere, to, to do something, to, to speak to someone. I remember last year, Elizabeth and I, um, we were going into Richmond to pray um, when there was just so much turmoil in the city and we just wanted to go and we wanted to pray and, and um, just go to the place where, where you know, folks are hurting and we're with other believers and pastors and just praying for the city and praying, you know, God bring healing and bring, you know, bring your touch over our city and with everything that, that is going on with um, racial conversations and all that kind of stuff. And so we, we just went and prayed and in Elizabeth's typical fashion, which by the way, do this joke thing, I mean, I'm starting to wonder if we need to get like a YouTube channel. I'm sitting here going, is she good enough to monetize? Anyhow, um, <laughs> I'm mostly kidding. Um, but in Elizabeth's typical fashion, and this is how our relationship goes, I'm the boring one. So when we're done with the task, let's go home and let's get in bed. Like, literally, that's what I'm thinking, right? Not, not joking. And Elizabeth's like, ooh, ooh, what can we do next, right? So we're in town. We finished praying, and um, we had been in, uh, anyhow, all, all over the city. And she said, ooh, let's go to Mama Jay's. So we went to Mama Jay's, and we got, and of course, it's in COVID time, so we couldn't eat there. And I said, hey, let's go down to our close friends, uh, Manny and Christa, Christina Pena's, and we'll sit on the steps of Lux Church there in Jackson Ward, and we'll eat, we'll eat our, our, our uh, I think we got uh, fried catfish, right? It was so good. My mouth just watered. I need to preach. I need to preach. Okay. So we're, we're on our way, and I, told, I think I might have told this story on a Sunday before. Anyhow, we, get, we end up not making it. No, we had the lunch, but I had had this inter, the dinner, but I had this interaction with someone right on 2nd Street, and I just really felt compelled to go back. And I ended up talking to a young man uh, for a long time. And then I met his aunt and developed this friendship with, with Miss Sheila in Jackson Ward. And um, over the year, I've visited Miss Sheila a few times and just kind of like interacted. Like one Wednesday night, I just felt compelled to like go down there. Everybody's having their life groups and all. And I just bought her a plant and took it down. Just developing a relationship. The reason I'm telling you this story is because I want to tell you how I'm trying to develop my own comfort zone, right? And, and, and go to places where maybe I didn't know it, but I can know it, if that makes sense. And I also have to point this out. In doing it, we don't develop comfort zones so that we can rule over places. We develop comfort zones so that we can serve places. Such an important thing um, in the spirit of how we do things. Well, Elizabeth and I and Abigail were in town this week on a day off, and uh, we went to one place and got this amazing biscuit. Anyhow, I got to stop talking about food. I'm really sorry. 
We got quite the food plan today, by the way. If you, if you don't have a plan for food, just borrow Elizabeth, and you are going to eat well today. So we go, we get biscuits, and then we go down the street, we go to a cafe and get sweets. Kid you not. So we're like, where are we going to eat these? Because we couldn't eat in the cafe. I said, let's go to Lux Church, right? Guess who's on their porch? Miss Sheila and her mama. And I was so glad that I said, Elizabeth, let's get this and let's get the three cookies. Because we shared cookies with Miss Sheila, and her mama was there on Mother's Day week. And uh, we shared cookies and interacted and talked and that kind of thing. And uh, I don't have a dramatic story. At the end, I asked Miss Sheila, she knows I'm a pastor, so I asked her if I could pray with them. And, and I prayed with her and her mama and that kind of thing. And they were watching the grandkids. And really, I'm not telling a story any other reason than just developing places where, we're, where we are willing to be and be comfortable and be available and be used of the Lord. And I find this great encouragement in Scripture. And my whole purpose today is to talk to us about our comfort zones, okay? Where are we comfortable? Because everybody has areas where you're not comfortable, but my challenge to you is that you could be comfortable. There's a Scripture that I find is like so encouraging to me. It's in Matthew chapter 10 where Jesus sends out the 12, right? And they're going out, and this is what he says to them. He says, as you enter they're going like from town to town. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home and shake off the dust of your feet. Uh, uh, truly, I tell you, it would be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the, on the day of judgment than for that town. In this scripture... Jesus is giving them this real key, which is, as I'm sending you to places you're not familiar with, and as you're going to places, find that person of peace. Find the person who receives your witness. Here's the key, y'all, because a lot of our intimidation has to do with fear, with rejection, has to do with insecurities, and all these kinds of things, right? But what if you knew that God was preparing the receiver? Y'all, he is working both sides of the equation. And the, God, the Lord is not asking us to force ourselves in places that won't receive you. He's asking us to go to places that you might not have thought you would go. Y'all, y'all hear that? But I will tell you what, you will have the time of your life going to places and interacting in places that you've never been. Some of the places that we've been as a church family, like Brazil and um, in Germany and the UK and Niger and Nigeria, and like we've got a team going to Egypt. Like they, it is so much fun to learn from another culture and to be in, in that place and to learn how people are, are, are hearing Jesus and what God is doing in their places and um, I'm excited about the trip that we have coming up to Egypt. We've got this Egyptian church here, and there's several in Richmond, but that we've been friends with for years, and uh, the pastor's son has gone to youth camps with us, and we've been close for a long time, and, uh, and we're going to take a team there. When you go to that church on a Saturday night, you feel like you are in Egypt. I kid you, like, well, I'll tell you for real after I go there in a few weeks, but... Having gone some places, right? Like you feel like you're in another place. And it, you, I just want to encourage like the, the, the curiosity in you to just say, what is it like? 
But what's really neat is when the Holy Spirit connects you with someone who's, who's got a, a different life and different experience, and yet this, the Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit, and the gospel that saves people is the same gospel that saves people in Egypt and Niger and, and the United States and in Goochland and like everywhere. It is the same gospel in every place, which is that Jesus is our hero, that he came to save the lost, that we all need a savior. We all need someone to forgive us of our sins. We all need someone to give us power to live in this life. We all need someone to remove the shame of all of our mistakes and, and, and things that we've done in our own lives. And we need someone to give us a new life and to find a purpose that he has in following Jesus. Like that, that, that is the message that saves the world in every pocket of the universe. And it's, it's an exciting thing, but I just want to encourage you, where's the place that you're not comfortable? And if the Lord were to say to you today, will you go to a place that you're not comfortable? Do you feel like you can trust that he is going before you? He is preparing someone for the message. He is preparing someone for your witness and for who you are. But there, there, in the going, that, like, that is the heart of God, right? In Peter it says, what, you know, there's this question, Second Peter, about God, why are you so patient? Why are you tarrying? Why haven't you come back? And it says that he hasn't come back, like the second coming, like let's all, you know, uh, 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 go on to heaven kind of thing. It says that he hasn't, because he doesn't want people to perish. He's being patient. It says he, that his patience is because he doesn't want people to perish. Isn't that beautiful? Aren't you thankful that he doesn't want you to perish? I feel so thankful. And what's great is, you don't have to put the pressure of saving people on you. Do y'all hear that? God does that. He's really good at it. He's been doing it for centuries. But where he does put the pressure on us in an appropriate way is in the going. But you see, he's working in you. He's going to give you what to say. He's working in them. He's preparing their heart for the word. Like he's working both sides. He's so smart and so good at it. And it is a thrilling place to be in life is to see what God is doing in all the places you will go. And I just want to encourage you today, wherever you're not comfortable, don't allow that to be a barrier, but be sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that somebody 40 miles away in Caesarea doesn't have to have an angelic visitation and send people to your address and so that you don't have to have a trance and then um, have a vision and then have the Holy Spirit speak to you and then get you in the room. Like it, it just shouldn't take that much for us to go. Amen? Amen. I want to um, encourage you today as you're listening to the message. Maybe, maybe you're in a place where you've not made that decision yourself to receive Jesus. I, I just want to tell you, if that is something that, that you need to do in your life, you've never had that moment, I would love to talk with you. You don't have to talk with me to talk to Jesus, <laughs> but I would love to talk to you about it. All you, you cry out to him. And you say, God, I need you to save me and I want to follow you. Like, I want to know what it is to know you, to follow you. I need your forgiveness. I need a new life that you have for me. God, I just ask you to save me. And he will. And he will give you a new life. And if that's a decision that you're making today, I'd love to hear about it. If you're online making that decision today, um, would you go to Victory Christian 
www.church and click on next steps. And that will allow us to get back in touch with you because we want to celebrate with you. All right, can I give you all the extra credit? I used to always hate it when pastors used to ask for extra time because like, who's going to say no, right? But it's Mother's Day and I know the moms are like always good with it. So in honor of Mother's Day, no, just because I want to. All right, here's the extra credit. Going to all also means welcoming all. Did y'all catch that? Going to all also means welcoming all. And I think that makes, it makes me think of the gift of hospitality in our homes and here at Victory. Do y'all see how that's the extra credit? You want to go well, receive well. Y'all like that? And so the concept of being a hospitable people, being a a receiving people, and so I just want to challenge us to always be leaning into how do I make people let let my area be their comfort zone? How do I let let victory be a comfort zone for other people as quickly as possible and let people know, we want you here, we're glad you're, you're here. I read this book recently called The Celtic Way of Evangelism, and, it, it, and uh, Melanie actually mentioned something about Celtic evangelism in her, her message a few weeks ago. What they did is they would take their, um, a group of people, and they would go and they would move into a town, and it would be kind of like an open monastery where people could come and go. And there's this phrase they developed there, which was, you could belong before you believed. Isn't that interesting? Like, you could hang out with them, you could interact with them, you could like, like, it was just a very open and welcoming, it wasn't like you had to do anything to just kind of be around. And they just created that kind of environment where people could belong before they believed. And it's a really profound thing in our lives. Like, like in your relationships, are you somebody who lets you, who allows other people to belong to your ecosystem before they think like you? And I don't mean that in a manipulative way because when I say think like you, I'm thinking about the gospel, like believing in Jesus, right? That's the kind of thinking I'm talking about. I think it's really profound. And hospitality is a real key. And Jewish culture was a hospitable culture. I want to thank you for just letting me have a little bit of extra time. Can I just um, take a moment and pray for us? I, I, I think for us, again, the key is let's, Let's be willing to create more comfort zones. To be comfortable in places we didn't think we could be comfortable and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us that way. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for this day. and I thank you for stories in the Word like this, Lord, where Peter is going from one place to another place so easily and performing miracles and things are just flowing. And then you just see, God, this, this challenge of a place to go. And Lord, I pray for us as a people, as individuals, develop, develop us, God. I thank you for the places where we are hospitable. I thank you for the many places we've already gone as a church family. But Lord, I just pray, uh, Lord, would you just continue to grow and increase us, each family by family, individual by individual, and us as a church family, Lord God. That Lord bosses that maybe we didn't think we would talk to, co-workers we didn't think we would talk to, neighbors that we didn't think we would go there with, Lord God, and places and, and people that we just, we never foresaw. Lord, open up the doors of our hearts of possibilities. And Lord, we thank you and we do believe, God, that 
you're, you're drawing us and you're working the other side, drawing people to yourself. Lord, empower us and lead us by your Holy Spirit. Put a sincere love for all peoples in our hearts, Lord God, that people will get to know you, Jesus, our hero and our Savior. We love you and we worship you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.